Hey, this is Collarworks Radio, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. Well, a lot's changed. Here we are in the middle of a pandemic. We can't go anywhere, and aside from the people we live with, we can't see anyone. And maybe you've had that rare conversation across the street. And we all, maybe like me, feel a little out of place. We turn to technology to connect. Maybe we take up a new hobby. And maybe a lot of you listening are artists and you decide to dig in. Maybe that digging in is what gets you through. Maybe you get through all of this and you have something to show for it because art is responsive. It wants to tell the story of its time. So what is this story? What does this isolation tell us? We don't know yet what social distancing will bring. On social media, a lot of people I know are posting, I've been practicing social distancing my whole life, dot, dot, dot. And most of those people are artists. And it made me think, are artists, my friends, are we so damaged that we've been ready for this our whole life? Probably not. But I know those people are the perfect people to tell the story of this time. So tonight, my guest is Darian Longmire, an artist from Brooklyn, New York, via Chicago, who happens to be in the middle of all of this with us. But first, before we get to Darian, we have Josh and Sarah, who ask us to kindly be kind be with the one you love in this perfectly fractured world I think I can do that But I know they're out there 
Yeah, so I've like I've been in Brooklyn for about two years, and the way I was kind of making it work initially was by by way of the freelance economy and the gig based economy. Yeah. Uh, I was like kind of a freelance barista, and I was working on TaskRabbit, and then I was doing like just like weird art gigs here and there. Uh, I was working for like art studio packing boxes, uh, and so then I was also I figured out how to like sort of raise part of my rent as partly doing freelance and another part just by doing art pop-ups so as a artist i started off like as a printmaker Uh, i was really interested in repeatable images and i have you know naturally i'm from the midwest as well i'm from chicago even though i'm in brooklyn currently um and so i started off as a printmaker and i just so i have a ton of work on paper and so that work became sort of like the way for me to, to sell things on the side as an artist, as I've been living in Brooklyn. Um, but, you know, early March, like I just finished up a, an art pop-up at the end of February and it was pretty uh, successful. And in the two years of, of being in Brooklyn, I felt like I've had a lot of momentum 
slowly like building up but then it's like uh covid hit uh in sort of like the early march and i had like another pop-up i was planning and now it got canceled and then i had like uh some exhibition opportunities in upstate new york and those also got canceled so then it was like you know we were just like in the middle of and this was before there was conversation about government assistance or any sort of like idea that freelancers would even be eligible for unemployment and so it was crazy going through it all because like it just happened in New York City so quick. Basically. Yeah. Um, was that the feeling that it happened quick? Yeah, it was like instantaneous because I actually had because uh, you know like you just go you jump from gig to gig in New York City or at least I I've been doing that because it just it frees my schedule up a little bit more to be in the studio and sure. I think that when I first moved to this uh, Brooklyn and I was living in the city uh, I was fresh out of grad school as an artist and I was. Uh, just trying to acclimate to Brooklyn. And then I was, I found a, a flow of trying to make work while working full time, but that became so difficult. And so I think the freelance economy and the gig economy for a lot of people was like key, you know, kind of our key to being artists in New York, not having mm-hmm. to work full time or being able to take like one week off, one week on. And that's kind of what I was doing. But then, yeah, it's like as soon as uh, COVID started happening, like I had two interviews lined up and it was just like everything vanished and it was like a matter of uh, maybe three to four days. And so then it was just kind of like, I just kind of panicked and I was like, oh, I don't have rent for April now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's nerve yeah, wracking. Right. Now, I mean, like uh, you're in Bushwick, which is kind of like, um, um, I know there's a lot of artists who live there and a lot of small galleries and, I mean, has the has the 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 community for that like just kind of vanished, or um, is I think there everyone a- just like everyone? I think for me, well, I know for Bushwick, I mean, everything's closed, so we all really can't do anything. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no nightlife here currently, so there's not even really like an energy. Um, sure. But I think people are still trying to figure out how to sustain in our practice. So, like a lot of people, like me, I was. I sort of uh, figured out like I, I've been making mixed media work and paintings by hand because that's the most immediate way of working in New York City because I don't have access to, you know, fancy facilities. I just have my studio. Yeah. Um, so making works by hand is sort of just like makes the the transition a little bit easier. I don't know where I was going with that. But... <laughs> no, that's, sure. no, that makes sense. I mean, to like return to like the simplest kind of way of, of making work for, for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and if, if anything, the quarantine is also like, I think it is maybe cut uh, some of our opportunities like externally uh, in terms of like the art, you know, our mm-hmm. opportunities, but I, f- I feel like it's like a free, it's been a free time to kind of take a personal residency and start some new paintings and some new things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of artists are kind of maybe just taking it that way. And I think where I was going before is I, you know, I was making work and I figured out how to sort of like digitize the mixed media work and paintings I was doing. And I was able to make digital prints and kind of like have that be something I sold through Instagram. So I think a lot of artists were just, we immediately sort of turned to our digital or social media presence and we just started selling work that way. Or at least I did because I just was, I was already used to trying to pedal artwork a little bit. I, I've seen a lot of my other uh, fellow artists doing that. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to go back to your to art, your art practice, and maybe like a little bit about you. Um, 
you're from Chicago, like from the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and then you you came to New York via SUNY Albany, right? I mean, is yeah, that what brought correct. you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. So yeah, I was in Chicago, and like you know, I sort of grew up as like a typical inner city kid on the west side of Chicago. And I hung out there, and I was really into the internet and subculture because I'm like a millennial. I'm 29, so very much was into web design, graphic design, and things that were nerdy, things that were like uh, subcultural or underground. And then, you know, growing up in Chicago, that's how I sort of stumbled into college and went away. And I was like, uh, you know, you discover in college, you're going to be an artist, or at least I did by mistake, trying to be a graphic designer at first. Uh-huh. And then, um, then, yeah, I started really being serious about being an artist right at the end of college. So I had to, I was still back in Chicago, just living at home. And getting ready for what was going to be grad schools, I was, I was trying to make a lot of work in Chicago. And, you know, being a kid who comes from, like, techno culture, I would say, and, and under the underground, like, Afrofuturism was something I really started. It was something that was pointed out to me in my work, actually, in Chicago as I was making a lot of prints because I had a fellowship. Um, this was before I even got to New York or grad school. And so once it was pointed out to me, I just sort of noticed all the – the uh, coincidences in my life and how they kind of linked up with my studio practice uh, and creating this like speculative alternative way of thinking about identity. And in my work, I kind of talk about the, this dichotomy of blackness or this, this construct. And I think that I'm trying to kind of, you know, pull it apart or um, problematize it because I think it's a, it's a funny category. It's a non-existent category. Mm-hmm. That's something that's become really insistent in my work is there's so much invisible matter and so much invisible, um, so many invisible particular experiences to the black experience. And I've, I'm trying to like kind of paint about that or make digital works or sound. I'm also doing like sound compositions. Sure. Uh, yeah, I've been trying everything, but. Cool. Can we go back to to one thing you said a, a minute ago? I I found kind of interesting. You say you like you fell into being an artist, or you fell backwards into. I'm not. I forget which way you said it, but uh, could yeah, you I explain that a little bit? Yeah, I, that- I was in college, and I was just sort of like trying to be a graphic designer, and I was didn't really have a major, and I was just sort of like someone you know, a kid who's coming out of high school making digital art and really interested in um, the subculture and counterculture, I should say, rather, at that time, I guess. And, you know, music and and, uh, just art. And so, yeah, those things influenced the work. And, you know, as I was in college, I was trying to be a graphic designer because I thought that was, like, going to make money. But then I... You know, the program was too, was too uh, competitive, so then I just was, like, kind of floating around, and I started taking art classes. Okay. And that's when I really was like, oh, I took my first printmaking course, and I was like, oh, I'm really responding to something about the repeat- repeatability of this. I took my first uh, photography course, and then uh-huh. it was really, like, I don't know, just responding and thinking, I guess, you know, having the free time to think that way artistically in college. And so that's why I said sort of like discovered it by mistake because it was like, yeah, I didn't intend on being a visual artist, but I was always a creative person. Yeah. So your your into to art was digital, like like mm-hmm. Photoshop and stuff like that. Is that? Yeah, it was super digital. I've like arrived at art 
almost wow. like purely as a, as a digital thing first because I was an inner city kid. So like I didn't really have, I didn't touch like pastels or clay or anything. Like I we right. didn't really, I never saw those materials. And I mean, you know, like it's really funny going to grad school because like I was like, encountering materials that artists were using that I'd never seen before just because I didn't even have like, you know, going through undergrad too was like I was wandering before I discovered I was going to be an artist. So yeah, I think the the, the internet and technology and mm-hmm. sort of that way to mediate an image. Um, I mean, that's still, yeah, that's still like kind of how I work today as well using mm-hmm. um, digital, digital, I would call them digitally mediated images. <laughs> and I'm finding that with like this, something that's mediated by me. So like something that's mediated by me, the artist, and then something that's mediated by way of a computer. Um, right. Yeah. So just, you know, kind of sticking on your, your art. Cause you know, I, I've spent, um, you know, a couple of days looking at it now and um, I, I had known your work a little bit from that one uh, show you had, um, you had a piece at Collarworks and mm. Um, it was kind of like an installation piece, I think. Um, yeah, the golden. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that piece. Yeah, that was uh, that was part of the "What Is Leaping in Your Chest" exhibition yeah, yeah. That happened at the Collarworks Gallery in Troy, New York. Uh, I think it was like three ish years ago. Um, I think so. And that, yeah, yeah, that work was a yeah, it was like my first ever installation, and that work actually, because I was in grad school at the time, I was really trying to i was so used to making images starting with the image first so i wanted to start with something else first and i was uh also doing a lot of research within my studio practice because there's so much of my studio practice that's also just like gathering uh information reading books on physics and like uh creating this my own archive basically my own alternative archive is what i've started calling it mm-hmm. um and so yeah yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, looking, you know, kind of like um, going through your images and, and looking at them, I was really, I was kind of fascinated by, there seemed to be like this, um, you know, just image wise, like the way you make images, there was mm-hmm. like a kind of a, a shift from like 2015, 2016, you had these very, they were almost like, you know, almost kind of like design oriented, like kind of collages. Right. And then the, there was, I mean, they were very sophisticated and, and beautiful. And, but there seemed to be this shift to like this, this much more like a, kind of aggressive or like purposely like distressed kind of look to them. I, I found really that, especially what you're making now is like so rough. Yeah, um, it really is. <laughs> I'm still like trying to. And like kind of immediate, I, I was kind of curious about like how how that happened or maybe like what changed in your mind. I'm kind of curious about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I think like the previous way I used to make images was very like designerly. And then I was obsessed with this like idea of the late modernist, modernist imagination. So I was trying to use like modernist tropes in art. And I, the images were like almost so so like cleanly composed that yeah, I felt like some of the ideas that I was talking about, like radical black philosophy, Afrofuturism, those ideas were almost becoming muted because the work was so like organized and so designerly, you know, because I'm kind of just like a neat person. And uh-huh. so 
moving to Brooklyn kind of, you know, just like tore me apart. New York City is really rough on artists, uh, especially. It's really almost impossible to live here and do it, uh, you know, to be an artist and live here full time. Um, And so it was like the just the challenge of like being in New York City was making me so uncomfortable that it started to make my almost just was like more ready to be uncomfortable in the studio. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was like messy painting. It was like messing with the material that I was honestly afraid of painting because I didn't think it was like I could own painting or her- like the heritage of painting could be mine. So I was always like, I don't know if I could paint because it's like such a heavy, I didn't see myself in the history of painting, just like I had to see myself in the history of like modernist images, which is why I was trying to make those a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, the grungy shift. It was, uh, it was specifically very intentional. And I think it was me trying to also reclaim, like, I was thinking back, because moving to Brooklyn reminded me of my childhood in Chicago. So I feel like I was thinking back to, like, the grungy surfaces of the streets mm-hmm. and things that I used to respond to. Um, and things I was photographing, too, while I was in just a college student, just, like, you know, undergrad making art, casual art. Um, so, yeah, it was like the images are now more... I'm trying to get at something and I'm trying to figure out what, how to, to get there with a good combination of mixed media and digital. But um, the messiness, I'm just like allowing it to, to be there. And I'm also not really worried right now about finishing images so much. I'm just trying to learn through the image. Mm-hmm. That's- yeah, but it has all to do with moving to Brooklyn, kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's really, it's, it's really, uh, you know, amazing uh, in a lot of ways that uh, you're so aware of that. I mean, that's really, you know, kudos to you to to kind of recognize that. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But you know, also, I mean, there's like just like looking through your your recent work. It's it, it feels it feels much more charged and mm-hmm. has this kind of energy that feels immediate. Um, in tying into some of those ideas you talk about with, um, you know, blackness. Um, I'm wondering if you could, you could talk a little a bit about like how that plays into the work or in, you know, also there's this idea of yeah, physics, um, of like dark matter and just kind of like, what is going on in your, your thought process with those things or, or maybe like, even like what are, some of the things that you know the viewer could be aware of that you know you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. yeah so i've been i think just trying to use the color black more recently and painting a little bit more like i i started using like red green and black a little bit more but then it'll just be there'll be a different intensities or i'll throw like uh i'm painting from like this imaginary space of like maybe just based off of like these diagrammatic image images that I used to look at in physics books, uh, uh-huh. I read about physics. So sometimes I'm painting from like that sort of like imaginary galactic space. But then also I'm thinking I'm, I'm trying to like encode the paintings with like some kind of black abstraction. I think that is, that is like not from the current temp, like temporality. Like I feel like I'm trying to formulate or figure out um, what type of paint, what a painting might look like made by 
a civilization, you know, that's few that's that's further off. But maybe I'm the researcher. Maybe I'm the the person who traveled and I'm making that painting in the past, or maybe I'm making that painting now. So I'm trying to put temporality in the paintings a little bit. And I like that you said immediacy because I think painting helps you freeze time a little bit in a painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas did did like the digital images for me were becoming a little bit more like about manipulating um, like technology into the painting, basically, and like physically putting it back in the work. Um, and so, I mean, you know, people have described painting as technology, so I, I think I should maybe start to investigate that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still trying to resolve that, um, how Blackness, in, because for me, it's purely abstract and it's like a philosophical approach when I'm thinking about the work and it's invisible. And I think about this concept in physics called the, the cosmological microwave background. And it's like the invisible, it's called the black body spectrum, basically, in physics. And it's like invisible matter. So when I'm working, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, how can you define that which cannot be defined? It's like this philosophical question for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to problematize it through painting. And I'm, I'm putting, <laughs> I'm budding things into the work that don't even, like, cooperate right now like digital satellite images cooperating with like uh you know just like i said these cultural loads of colors like red red and green and black uh from the african diaspora so i'm trying to figure out how they're gonna how they sit together and and there's times when painting breaks down for me because i'm still investigating it so i'm also trying to i really look for in images when it breaks down i try to figure out what I can do or like what I can learn from that breakdown, that breakdown of painting is it a breakdown of some kind of, um, yeah, more, that's more of a creative way of thinking about painting. I think that how, idea. how it breaks down. Yeah. How it breaks down. You um, seem to, you seem to like, in a in a way, like have this, um, this kind of like collages, like thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that comes from the computer. Maybe it comes from, printmaking like uh you know like the way things layer um how they're talking to each other i mean it it just seems very much to me in in my head like you know like that is that true or am i like way off in that or oh that's that's dead on it where you said collages i would almost say like it just came from printmaking where i was i was making mono prints um so like mm-hmm. in a mono print one thing is repeatable you have like a press and you put ink on this, something that holds an image, maybe it's a piece of wood and you put paper on top of it and you roll it through a press, which is like you know, a roller on a table. Um, right, yeah. So, but with the model prints, it's like you have that one repeatable thing and then you can play around with everything else through stencils. And so, you know, cause like, you know, in traditional printmaking, you're additioning the same thing over and over and over and over. And, for me, it's like I could only addition something like five times before I'd want to switch something. And before I knew it, I was like blocking out part of the image and flipping the paper and like, you know, doing like a reverse print and a ghost print and just really. So it was about the exploring how the layers in printmaking would build up to a final image. So now I've applied that thinking to everything where I think I'm thinking about, I think about painting that way too. And I think about all of the materials I'm using is like, trying to mix together all the tools, basically. Mm-hmm. Digital, yeah. analog, everything. Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating. Um, you know, I guess kind of like coming full circle with this, um, 
you know, one, you know, again, thank you so much for taking the time uh, during yeah, these crazy times, uh, strange times to, to talk to me. But, look like great to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, that's my thought is like, like, do you, do you see a response to this in your work or is it like, you know, maybe eventually will you talk about this or is it, do you think it'll just come out on its own or, you know, is this, is this, uh, yeah, is, I guess, is this something to respond to? And, and I think in part, because like, you know, could it be a, a political response because of just the times we are in, or is it just more of a, an emotional response? Yeah. I've thought about that a lot. Because, I mean, when COVID first happened, I was like, is there going to be even an economy for buying, uh, you know, side art or like, you know, my sort of pop up art practice I was doing? I was like, you know, because all of the gig, the gig economy is gone. So a lot of people who used to live here and have free time to hang out and buy that type of work. I was like, I sort of pictured them all like, you know, just disappearing. And so I was like, can I even be an artist in New York City anymore? But then I think I was thinking too much about like the value of that. Um, but I think now I'm just more interested in just like the political role I play as an artist, as a really like in my community. So I think I'm just more, I don't know if I want to necessarily like make work about COVID, but I think it has affected me in such a way that I'm just trying to sort of communicate, um, my political ideas and maybe hope for, um, something to happen from this, like I'm a little bit more interested in like universal income and things like that and getting healthcare mm -hmm. fixed. And so I think, you know, just my role as an artist is just almost being, has just become being more vocal for that, you know, but also as a freelancer and a contracted worker, I think I also just recognize the stress that was. And so, um, yeah, I hope that made sense. It's just sort of, I don't <laughs> really know if I feel the prompt to respond to COVID artistically yet. And I think that a lot of artists are still in the, in the middle of experiencing it. Sure. Um, like I'm still in the middle of experiencing it. And I think I, I was still, still recovering from like, you know, the not trauma, that's like a dramatic word, but just the recovering from the, you know, loss of another, you know, exhibitions and things I had planned that were coming up. And even though some, some uh, residencies got canceled, like I saw, Skull Hagen or Skull Hagen, however it's pronounced, which is a pretty popular yeah. one. That one got canceled for the year. So I just, it, it, for a way, in a way, it kind of created dread because it's kind of like, is everything artistically also on hold? Because, uh, you know, colleges were closing, galleries were closing. Um, Museums. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's both. I think it's emotional. And I think for some people, it might be political, all three. And I think for a lot of people, it is going to be maybe artistically responding to this. Mm -hmm. um, well, at yeah. some point you would think that, you know, there's going to be, you know, some kind of work made that talks about, you know, uh, what happened. Um, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, that's what art does. Um, but I think it's fascinating. Like, I think it's interesting to see just like, being someone who's Afrofuturist and like thinking about how technology in the future influences my work. I think mm -hmm. it's fascinating that like, we're all kind of living on the internet. We're living through like snap, you know, Snapchat or Instagram, or we're living through these chat rooms, these virtual chat rooms. So I think that 
that's really fascinating. So I'm like, oh, we were, we were kind of forced, like we all been forced into this like digital space mm-hmm. before we were already, I think. So that's right. fascinating. But I, I mean, I would have to think about it for a long time before I think about um, how it could if, become a work, I think, or something in the work. As always, thanks for listening. Please go to collarworks.org and check out Connect. Paired selections from the flat files. Curated by Deborah Zlotsky. An online exhibit. Just like everybody else. Also, coming up soon, Collarworks TV. Virtual studio tours of featured artists. Oh, so much fun.